Hey guys, it's Justin. Looks like uh, President Trump's uh, address to Congress, his first one, just ended. Uh, I wanted to do like a recap on the third part of it, um, the last 26 minutes. Uh, I honestly think it is probably the best speech he's ever given. Um, as in it's like an actual political speech instead of just like the typical Donald Trump pandering, um, you know, where he just tells you what you want to hear. You know, he's a businessman. That's, that's kind of his shtick. You know, he just, he just tells you what you want to hear to make you feel good about you. And then he calls you his friend and then your buddy, buddy. And then he wants you to take a million dollars off the contract. So the typical Donald Trump stuff. All right, so let's get into this because I, I honestly think this is uh, this is his best stuff. Um, I'm going to try to be very vocal. I know I'm going to talk a lot. Um, obviously, that's how these things go. Um, and the reason why is because I'm going to try to convert this into a podcast for later. All right, so let's check this out. But uh, for those of you in a podcast, you are missing a great freeze frame of Donald Trump's face right now. All right, let's listen. That is broken in our country can be fixed. Every problem can be solved. Not every problem. And every hurting family can find healing and hope. Our citizens deserve this. It depends on the family. So much more. So why not join forces and finally get the job done and get it done right? They're not going to join forces for you, Donald. They're... <laughs> Their entire premise. Look, look, I mean, there's like three or four of them clapping, three or four Democrats clapping. They do not want to join forces for you. They're the enemy. They, they still can't get over this election. They still can't get over it. On this and so many other things, Democrats and Republicans should get together and unite for the good of our country. That's true. The good of the American people. True. Won't happen. Will not happen. I guarantee you. It will not happen. My administration wants to work with members of both parties to make child care accessible and affordable, to help ensure new parents that they have paid family leave. Well, I initially don't agree with this. I do think it's something that needs to be addressed in this country. Um, well, I'm not a big fan of the federal government winding up having to pay for it. It's it's, it's better than nothing. In women's health and to promote clean air and clean water and to rebuild our military and our infrastructure. It's true. It's true. The military is broke right now. Anybody who says the military has the money, they've they obviously don't know anything about the military. Talk talk to someone who's recently. Just got out or somebody's in. They don't have any money. requires us to find common ground, to advance the common good, and to cooperate on behalf of every American child who deserves a much brighter future. That's true. An incredible young woman is with us this evening who should serve as an inspiration. Now, Trump's doing a really good thing right now. He's, uh, he's going to do um, some idle pandering, which is... He's going to show somebody who's been victimized and say, this person has been victimized. It wasn't by me, but, you know, they're a victim of, like, society or a specific political movement. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ensure that things like this don't happen again or they're, they're minimized. So um, while it's typical political pandering, it works 
beautifully. Beautifully. Megan was diagnosed with Pompe disease, a rare and serious illness, when she was 15 months old. She was not expected to live past five. On Poor receiving thing. this news, Megan's dad, John, fought with everything he had to save Good for the him. life of his love. precious child. He founded a company to look for a cure and helped wow. develop the drug that saved Megan's life. Today, she is 20 years old and a sophomore at Notre Dame. Woo! Good for you, Megan. Good for you, Megan. I'm fighting Irish. <laughs> New Jason Chaps. <laughs> the Jason Chaps. $20 smile, I swear. <laughs> I actually really like Jason Chaps, but I feel like he has the most insincere smile I've ever seen. ...of a father's love for a daughter. But our slow and burdensome approval process at the Food and Drug Administration keeps too many advances, like the one that saved Megan's life, from reaching those in need. Sorry for yawning. I'm, 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 it's like 1.30. I'm very tired. 1.30 in the morning. But across our government, then we will be blessed with far more miracles just like Megan. See, now he's touching on the use of the word miracles because people are saying he's not Christian enough. It's not he's tapping in. Let me, let me use the word miracles, you know. You know, synonymous with religion, particularly in this country. It'll be Christianity. In fact, our children will grow up in a nation of miracles. But to achieve this future, we must enrich the mind and the souls of every American child. Education is the civil rights issue of our time. That's true. Very true. As, as somebody who went to a poor neighborhood public school and then went to Catholic school, I can tell you there's a difference. To pass an education bill that funds school choice for disadvantaged youth, including millions of African-American and Latino children. As they should. I'm perfectly fine with this. Um, although it does get into dicey territory when we're doing like English immersion classes, uh, because then, you know, you have to know why do they need English immersion. Charter, magnet, religious or homeschool that is right for them. Why not? Why not? If you got a bad public school and you get a voucher, you should be able to go to Catholic school or Jewish school. Is a remarkable woman, Denisha Merriweather. As a young girl, Denisha struggled in school and failed third grade twice. But then she was able to enroll in a private center for learning. Learning center. I don't know why I'm so tired. So sorry, guys. Sorry. Scholarship program. Today, she is the first in her family to graduate, not just from high school, but from college. Later this year, she will get her master's degree in social work. We want all children to be able to break the cycle. Oh, they're wearing those, uh, I got you six like pins. They're like green with a, a six in the middle. I think it has like three stars on it. Yeah, those, I, might, I might have to pick me up one of those. Look at all these Democrats there. <laughs> They're clapping for Miss Denisha's. It's the first time they've seen a black person. <laughs> okay. But to break the cycle of poverty, we must also break the cycle of violence. Yes. 
The murder rate in 2015. Yeah, we need to attack the culture too. Single year increase in nearly half a century. A culture that permits violence will always be got violence. More than 4,000 people were shot last year alone, and the murder rate so far this year has been even higher. This is not acceptable in our society. Does that man have a behind the lady in the picture? Does he have a gun or is it a beeper? American child should be able to grow up in a safe community, to attend a great school, and to have access to a high-paying job. High-paying job. But to create this future, we must work with, not against, not against, the men and women of law enforcement. All right, let's see. Let's see. Everybody gets up. Everybody stands up. Let's see who's. Let's see who's not going to stand up. We're showing all Republicans right now. Uh, oh, oh, oh! Franklin actually stood up. Oh, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. Not drive the wedge of disunity and dis and really, it's what it is: division. It's pure, unadulterated division. We have to unify. Police and sheriffs are members of our community. That's true. Friends and neighbors, Valuable parts. Mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, and they leave behind loved ones every day who worry about whether or not they'll come home safe and sound. We must support the incredible men and women of law enforcement. Good job. Good for you. Good for you. Oh, look. Oh, good. We got some uh, Democrats standing. Uh, first time they've ever stood for law and order. And we must support the victims of crime. I have ordered the Department of Homeland Security to create an office to serve American victims. The office is called Voice, Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement. Ooh. Ooh, I like the acronym. Been ignored by voice. Have you heard from the voice today? <laughs> That's Joining a smart us. move. Very ominous because, you know, it's like the voice says this and people be like, I heard from the voice. Joining us in the audience tonight are four very brave Americans whose government failed them. Their names are Jameel Shaw, Susan Oliver, Jenna Oliver and Jessica Davis. Jamil's 17-year-old son was viciously murdered. Got Ivanka there, uh, looking flawless. Had just been released Ivanka. Jamil Shore Jr. was an incredible young man with unlimited potential, who was getting ready to go to college, where he would have excelled as a great college quarterback. But he never got the chance. His father, who is in the audience tonight, has become a very good friend of mine. Jamil, thank you. Thank you. Poor guy. It's an utter tragedy when a parent outlives their child. You know, it's not only the loss of a child, but, you know, it's a loss of sense of legacy. You know, people see a their immortality through their also children. with us are Susan Oliver and Jessica Davis. Their husbands, Deputy Sheriff Danny Oliver and Detective Michael Davis, were slain in the line of duty in California. 
They were pillars of their community. These brave men were Melania, also looking flawless. An illegal immigrant with a criminal record and two prior deportations should have never been in our country. Sitting with Susan is her daughter, Jenna. Jenna, I want you to know that your father. No, I saw some uh, a meme one time where there was like, "Oh my God, Melania Trump looks like a million bucks today," and someone commented, "No, she looks like a billion dollars." I really feel for like some of these families that are propped up here who probably don't agree with Trump and his policies or even a Republican Party platform in general, but they're there just to We will always They're there just to represent their, their fallen brother or son or dad, so good for them for putting politics aside and doing this keep America safe we must provide the men and women of the United States military with the tools they need to prevent war if they must they have to fight and they only have to win well they, they also have to follow the rule of law but I, I understand what he's saying but tomorrow you know the people in the media are gonna be like oh Trump says Military must win by any means necessary. Like, you know that's where it's going to go. I am sending Congress a budget that rebuilds the military, eliminates the defense sequester. All these generals are like, oh my God, please make it happen. Please, for the love of God. We got three. Oh, I forgot we got three Air Force generals. Good job. Air power dominating. ...for one of the largest increases in national defense spending in American history. My budget will also increase funding for our veterans. Our veterans have delivered for this nation, and now we must deliver for them. Thank you. About time. No one's cared about us for a long time. No one's cared about veterans for a long time. They treat every veteran as if they just got back from the Vietnam War. Like, they just... Either get mad at us or they ignore us in general. Races a nation are great, but our people are even greater, and none are greater or braver than those who fight for America in uniform. Roger that. So we got some uh, people sitting down in the background. to be joined tonight by Corinne Owens, the widow of U.S. Th this is this is what got me earlier. This is why I had to do this video. Owens, Ryan died as he lived, a warrior and a hero, battling against terrorism and securing our nation. Poor woman. She lost her soulmate. She's crying right now. She's really trying to keep it together. I feel so bad for her. Uh, for those of you who are listening, she just she just whispered "I love you, baby" to her, her husband. She was looking up at him. I just spoke to our great General Mattis just now. 
who reconfirmed that, and I quote, Ryan was a part of a highly successful raid that generated large amounts of vital intelligence that will lead to many more victories in the future against our enemy. Ryan's legacy is etched into eternity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ryan. I just, I just feel so bad for this woman. It's a terrible. I've done many military funerals. It's heart-wrenching every single time. Every single time. I really hope there are a lot of programs in place to help this woman and her family. This poor woman can barely keeping it together. It's not even a rip. It's not a rip on her. It's not a rip on her at all. I'm actually very proud of her that she's she's doing her best to keep her composure. Your husband dies for your country, and then you have to be the face to represent his death to the world. It's it's a lot. It is a, that is an unfathomable burden. Not not just you, but the human spirit in general. looking down right now you know that and he's very happy because I think he just broke a record <laughs> he's always Don Trump always has to set some sort of record for as the Bible teaches us there is no greater act of love than to lay down one's life for one's friends Ryan laid down his life for his friends for his country and for our freedom and we will never forget Ryan. As we should have. Do you, do you, I mean, did anybody notice there's some Democrats who were like slowly sauntering to get up or didn't even get up? You know, yeah, we, I guess we don't get up for dead soldiers. <laughs> it's fine. You know, they're not important, apparently. To those allies who wonder what kind of a friend America will be, look no further than the heroes who wear our uniform. Our foreign policy calls for a direct, robust, and meaningful engagement with the world. It is American leadership based on vital security interests that we share with our allies all across the globe. That one army general huge. Alliance forged through the Holy moly. Oh, God. That dethroned fascism. And he's got, he doesn't even have a neck. Too many years of MREs. And defeated communism. Why, why are people sitting at defeating communism? This is ridiculous. But our partners must meet their financial obligations. And then, you know, Trump goes on and on. He talks about, uh, 
the other countries meeting their financial obligations for NATO. Um, he says that the money's pouring in. They're so scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll wait and see. I haven't, I haven't seen any numbers that support this. <coughs> um, but I would would like to uh, read something right here. So. If you don't think that uh, people on the left are utterly disgusting, um, Dana Latch actually uh, tweeted this out. These are some of the responses to uh, Miss Owens uh, being applauded um, for the death of her husband, who gave his life for his country. Okay, the, the, the woman's name is Karen Owens. Okay, you guys should look her up. Okay, so... Uh, this gentleman puts here, Sorry, Owen's wife. You're not helping yourself or your husband's memory by standing there and clapping like an idiot. Trump just used you. Oh, wow. Hmm. That's, that's lovely. My heart goes out to Chief Petty Officer Ryan Owen's widow, but Trump is trash. For how you handled him, for how he handled himself before, during, and after the raid. Wow. <laughs> Oh, you know, husbands died. Let's make political political statements. That's cute. Let's see what have we got. A joint session. This is uh, the hashtag joint session. It says missed opportunity, litany of promises, uninspiring, pugnant moment with Ryan's widow, spoiled by all his ad lib. Wow. Wow. That's that is. Pretty disgusting. <laughs> oh, oh, this one's a little nicer. Our heart goes out to Ryan Owens' widow. Did ju- did Trump just quip that Ryan is looking down, smiling for breaking his applause record? Sick. Yes, because Trump is all about these ridiculous records. It always has to be the biggest and the best. But if that's what you look at, is that what you hear? When people are applauding a widow and her husband who gave his life literally for this country, you're just a bad person. Let's see. Let's look at this one. Dear God, he introduces Chief Petty Officer Ryan Owen's wife and widow, her sobbing. God bless her. But this is shameful. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I bet if it, I bet if this was somebody from the last administration, this would have been the greatest thing ever, the greatest thing ever. And I, I just wanna, I, I wanna take a moment uh, here for people to realize the the subtle differences uh, between good and bad pandering. Okay, so the Don, the Trumpster. The, the president, my president, your president, hashtag all our presidents. Um, he's pandering. He's using these victims um, as symbols, really. As symbols for saying, this is what's going on in the world. Uh, you need me to fix it, yada, yada, yada. I don't need the, the president of the United States to fix it. I, I think uh, if you have a problem within your community then it's the culture of the community that needs to come together and fix that problem. You know, unless, of course, it goes completely monetarily out of hand 
or are socially out of hand, you know, and start spreading, um, then that's the point when um, state government needs to get involved. And if not state, then uh, then you got to pull in the big guns. You got to bring in the federal government. Um, but th there's a subtle difference. Uh, so we're talking about let's just go with a uh, petty officer Owens. Okay, so Trump has his dead wife there to pander to the bad things that are going overseas. Okay, it's pandering. It works. Um, I like it, but I mean, don't kid yourself to say that it's not pandering when it quite obviously is. Okay, let let's turn back a a, a few about a year two years ago when somebody else used uh, death for pandering. Okay, so if you don't uh, believe me on this, you feel free to check it out. It's called Google. Okay, so when those five officers were shot and killed, uh, President Obama made sure to invite himself to the funeral, made sure it was televised. He gave about a 22-minute speech. And for the first two minutes, he talked about what a tra tragedy that these, these men died. They died protecting their city. They died protecting the ones that they love and they love the city and that two minutes excellent excellent good obama good barry good for you barry um but then the next 20 minutes are a little awful because the next 20 minutes he basically alludes to and again just look it up yourself he basically alludes to the fact that and then he kind of points down with his hand that these officers are dead due to the white racism in the police department. Wow. <laughs> wow. So we got dead cops here. Let's talk about racism, white racism in the police department. This is this is the best time to do this. <sighs> oh, sorry. Oh. This is I mean, but do you see what I'm saying? Do you see the problem here that there's a difference? Okay. And it's an ironic difference, too, because between Trump and Obama, obviously, Obama's a classier guy. The classier guy, okay? Trump, Trump is an atypical a-hole from Queens, okay? But, but just look at the mythology here, okay? Obama used the dead in a negative way. Trump is using the dead in a positive way. And then you have to get into, like, the psyches of Trump and Obama. Okay, so Obama didn't have to try for people to like him because you're kind of obligated to like him or else you were a bad person, you know? If you didn't support Barack Obama, you're automatically labeled a bad person. Trump suffers kind of something completely different. I mean, different. Uh, sorry. In the fact that he wants to be liked. He wants to be loved just like Barrio. And, and, and he's just trying to figure out every little thing that he can do. Every little thing that he can do to make sure that the people love him. <sighs> Oof, I'm so tired. Uh. But, you know, you, re you really have to look at it for what it is. It's all pandering. It's government. It's politics. It's all about pandering. Using figures to um, placate your agenda. It's all fine and dandy, but I, I, I will say this. Donald Trump, I said it before, I'll say it again. He's an atypical a-hole, but this speech, 
is the best speech that he's ever given in his entire life. I mean, he was smooth. He didn't uh, attack the left too much, but he, he still insinuated that pretty much that they're the enemy of the people. And then, you know, he used all these victims to say, look at all these bad things that have happened in the world uh, that they shouldn't. And, and he's right that they shouldn't. All right. So, uh, let me look at the time here. Oh, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. So, uh, I need to get my chubby little self to bed. And then, uh, I, I don't think I'll edit this. I think I'll just put it out there. Uh, I think people like raw commentary uh, better than the fake stuff. So, uh, I will see you guys later. Uh, like, share, and subscribe, and enjoy the video. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, and uh, enjoy the podcast, too, because I'm just going to rip this and turn into the podcast.